One, two, three, four. A form of respect to go to a country and immerse yourself in their culture. Try and learn the basics of their language. Join uh, a sport or an art that they are really fond of. And that's how, that's how you can learn about, and that's how you can really have a full 360 experience, in my opinion, of living abroad. Welcome back to the Well Now What podcast. If this is the first episode you're tuning into, I'm your host, Savannah Locke. I'm from Vancouver, Canada. I graduated from business school last year, and earlier in 2020, I've decided to start this podcast because I was feeling the Well Now What moment post-grad, and now with COVID and everything, the Well Now What moment is kind of going on continuously, not just for me, but for everyone. But anyways, today's guest is the one and only Ariel Locke, and I know what you're wondering, she has the same last name as me, that's because she's my sister, and she's the coolest person ever, and I'm really excited for everyone to hear this episode because her journey is really unconventional. She's two years older, so she's 25, and she's gone to um, McGill, so she moved across the country, and then she went to Copenhagen for a master's, and now she's in Ireland for med school. So she's kind of lived all over the globe and she has a super interesting story. She's great. She's funny. She's my biggest role model. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you like it, send her a bunch of messages because she was kind of scared on coming on, just being like, no one wants to hear my story. And everyone wants to hear a story. She's so much cooler than me. So make sure to spam the Well Now What podcast Instagram post I'll have of her with a lot of likes and comments. But yeah, let's get into it. I'm here with my lovely sister, Ariel, and Ariel's journey in life has been incredible, to say the least. And as her younger sister, I've always really admired her courage and term- determination. And seriously, you could tell her that she can't do something, and she'll prove it to you in no time and probably succeed even further. And I know she isn't one to toot her own horn, but I'm really excited to share what she's accomplished, how much she's traveled, and she's kind of just been all over the globe. And I think it's really interesting to have her on because a lot of my guests have either been like professionals or students, and no one's really like currently in school or traveling or across the world. So I think she'll bring a really great perspective on picking up and starting off, starting your life over and over again. So I think. Before getting started, I think a lot of people are probably wondering, because we're sisters, are we similar? What are our personalities like? And I would say, I think growing up for me, I think we were really different because I think I was really kind of crazy. I was really like extroverted. I always really liked to be around people and Ariel's always valued her independence. And I think she always kept her circle smaller. But as I've gone older and grown up, I think i much prefer my alone time. And I think we have very similar interests and values now. So, and we also look a lot alike. So I'll post a photo on Instagram. You'll see we have the same face, but I am so tall. I'm like 5'10 and she's like small, like 5'4. So that's interesting. But anyways, I want to get started. So Errol's currently in Ireland which is ridiculous. So what time is it there for you? Well, first of all, like that intro kind of, <laughs> I hate hearing about myself, but very sweet. Thank you. And second of all, you are not 5'10", to clarify. I said 5'8". I said 5'8". I heard 5'10". Anyways, you're 5'10". <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, right now it is just uh, four minutes past six. So seven hours. Yeah, seven hours ahead of you. Yeah. So Ariel and I haven't lived together in the same house since... I was in like grade 10 or something like she left. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 
it's been like such a long time. Seven years ago? Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, Ariel and I danced a lot and Ariel continued on with it. So for university, Ariel, you went to McGill, right? So do you mind talking about your experience, um, what you studied and also how you balanced dancing professionally? Just give mm-hmm. us the whole spiel there. That seemed like a long time ago. But yeah, I, I went to McGill um, in Montreal right after I graduated high school. And I did my undergrad in anatomy and cell biology over there. And um, yeah, I ended up dancing professionally at the same time. Um, full-time studies, full-time dancing, which was nuts going back and looking through it. it I was just, I, I, I burnt myself up essentially because, well, I guess the good thing about being at McGill at the university, all my lectures were recorded. So essentially I wouldn't attend them because I'd be asked to be in studio rehearsing all day. So I would rehearse for this company all day and then evenings, you know, shower, eat my dinner and then spend my evenings watching the lectures and catch up on what I missed during the day. And um, I just... Yeah, I was doing that on and on for at least, I think, in my second and third year. And then we also toured around Quebec. And then we also went um, out to Europe for some shows. So, um, yeah, it was nuts going back and thinking about it. But I wouldn't trade it for anything because I had the most amazing experience, you know, dancing professionally in a company and and having friends like that are artists in a totally different lifestyle. So, like, I, it seems like I was living two different lives. I was, you know, um, being a student um having some of my you know university college friends but then yet having artists that are in their mid-30s 40s and just a total different outlook on life so it really like I was really split into for Mm -hmm. those years there yeah and I'll probably include like in my social photos like a video of her dancing or something because Ariel's an incredible dancer it's like it's no she's making a face but like the way that she moves and if you're a dancer and if you've danced with me then you know what I mean like the way that she moves is just like it's ridiculous and like the the company you were at it was contemporary dancing so it wasn't um like for people that aren't dancers it's not it wasn't like ballet or like when you see people in music videos dancing it wasn't like that it was really just like art like people were using their bodies it was like a little art watching your like the company that you're at and watching you dance so that was so impressive and I guess my follow-up question with that did you with university you said you lived two lives was it hard like having a social circle especially at McGill because you were gone all the time and how was your overall experience in university what would you what would you rate it no no for sure like going back towards it I mean I think the reason why I didn't I I was okay doing both is because in high school you know you and I were in a half day program dance we were living two separate lives almost too you know we had our dance friends and also we had our school friends and we were just so invested in both. So university was kind of like the next level, but like times a hundred in terms of commitment and and um, just, yeah, commitment basically. Um, social, I, yeah, to be honest, I have maybe now like a handful of few friends that I still keep in contact with. It's, yeah, the downside of A, again, being at a big university, we were such a big class, harder to meet people. And then B, I wasn't always there um, for the lectures. So that's where my social, like my social circle wasn't really as large as, you know, most people. And I'm, I've never been the type to go win party and everything. So I guess that's maybe I missed out on that sense. So I guess a lot of my good friends um, in Montreal were some of the people in like the dance community, actually. And um, yeah, a few college friends. So yeah, when you were at McGill and dancing, did you, and you were in sciences, what were you thinking of doing after university? Mm-hmm. Did you ever 
like dabble with the idea of dancing professionally instead of going to school? Like what was your thought process as you were reaching like your fourth year of university? Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, I would realize that, okay, maybe I, like I did, I was just crossword where like, okay, do I continue the whole academic route or do I pursue this professional dancing? Because I see myself doing it. I want to, you know, and you, you know, especially when you're young, you know, your body only has a certain time limit, I guess, in terms of what you can do and dance. So I was like, okay, this is, would be the time for me to experiment with this. So in my fourth year, I was just like, I was just so eager to just get my, my degree over with. Cause I was like, it's been a long four years and I just want to move on. And that's why I was like, hey, I should give, you know, you know, this professional dancing more of a go. So I was like, um, you know, Europe has a bigger uh, platform as more funding, more companies, more opportunities. So I was like, okay, how I, I want to end up in Europe for some as a, a bit of my twenties, just because there's more opportunity, and now that that's how that's also the the type of of, of um, work that I want to be doing. And um, so yeah, I was looking into Europe. And for people that don't know you, you're very much like you. Ha- you've had a plan. Like I feel like growing up, you've always kind of wanted to go into like medicine, and you're not one to really take breaks. Did you ever consider taking a break between university and like further further education? Did you plan on maybe just traveling, or you were straight up like, no, I need to keep myself busy? No, I was considering traveling, and then well, basically what happened is that how it works for um, European European um, dance companies is that you have to audition the winter before. And for me, that would have been my fourth year uh, in my undergrad winter, but I, I couldn't just and leave for three weeks, you know, and, and, and audition. So that was kind of off the cards um, if I wanted to go right away. So I then thought, okay, well, you know, I enjoy being a student. How could I make myself be based in Europe on a more permanent basis? And then I started looking at, postgraduate education because I was like yes my uh, undergrad was helpful but I still have interest in other things like nutrition and other things so I was like how could I maybe live in Europe and still study and then try an audition and dance so pretty much continuing this whole madness I was doing back in Montreal yeah so you can you tell everyone what you did so you had a master's you went to sorry you went to Denmark to do your master's in nutrition right so or what was the exact yeah, master's yeah, program? It was, it was nutrition, and uh, my thesis was on uh, like immunology's immunology based. Yeah, yeah. So, what was your experience out there in Denmark? I went a few times to visit you, um, and also I went on exchange. There was a time that we were able to travel together, and we could talk a little bit more about that. But um, I'd love to talk about your experience and starting off in a new country. You don't know a single soul, and you're just like, I'm gonna pick up and go to school there. What was the process like for you there? Um, I just went with, with like open eyes and ears, basically. I mean, you know, we've been traveling to Europe. We've been fortunate. I love his family. You know, I think our first European trip was in 2010. So what, like 10 years ago and with Mm -hmm. our family. So ever since we've gone there, I've always just, I don't know. I felt this sort of personal attachment to Europe and the culture and the proximity of countries. So for me, it was an exciting thing. And whenever you're excited and nervous, I just kind of went in and like, okay, it's a new country. It was not expecting to end up here. And um, yeah, it was and also in Denmark. I mean, they speak English, but their main language of communication is Danish. So being in a place where you you would hear this foreign language and not understand, you know, people chit chatting on the bus or the streets. So it would it made me really have to be in tune with what was going around with me. And yeah, it did come with pros and cons. I mean, first. It wasn't that much of a culture shock. I mean, the Danes are very similar to Canadians in terms of lifestyle. Um, they are more reserved. So that was the difficulty trying to pierce through that whole social circle. Um, so what I did for me is like, of course, there were some of my, my university friends that I made. 
But for me, I wanted to incorporate or invest myself into the culture and the community. And that's how I feel like traveling or moving abroad to a different country is like, it's not your duty, but it's almost a sort of form of respect to go to a country and immerse yourself in their culture. Try and learn the basics of their language. Join uh, a sport or an art that they are really fond of. And that's how, that's how you can learn about, and that's how you can really have a full 360 experience, in my opinion, of living abroad. And so that's what I did. I joined uh, a running group because they're very big in running, um, you know, very fitness uh, oriented with gyms. And that's how I met some of my really good friends that I still remain friends with to this day. So I'm just saying, yeah, if people want to move abroad, yes, it is scary, but it's a challenge. You just have to just go for it. Yeah, it was so impressive. And also how you really put yourself in the culture and then you kind of learned a few words. Like you were able to speak a little bit or understand like a little bit of Danish, which was really impressive. Um, And with running too, like I guess with dance, we were kind of told that running's bad for you. And Ariel has has asthma. So running for her, like as a child and growing up, the doctors would be like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. And she's been running. You can talk about some of the half marathons you've been running and you went to like Paris and all that stuff. So talk about that experience and also traveling while you were in Denmark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Spanos right about me having, you know, not, I mean, I still don't have the greatest lung capacity, but now, yeah, it's more like training yourself and, and endurance. And I just kept on running. Yes, it's hard but I just kept on showing up to those weekly runs with this group and then it became social. And then as you're running, you were chatting. And so I just thought I was getting the three in one. I was getting my exercise done. I was getting my social my aspect of my life done. And also let's be out in nature in, in, you know, the rain, the dark snow, whatever. Um, so yeah, it, it, um, and then this big community is a worldwide thing. So we got to travel for some half marathons. Yes, and I said, I, I've been to Paris. I did a half marathon in Hamburg in Germany. Um, and of course, in, in Copenhagen, Denmark, and a few others. So it was just, um, it made me travel as well. Because it, it's also easier to travel if you have a sort of goal or, or you know people around as well. So um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And I, so I can talk about when I came to visit you and that was really cool. So I was staying in Stockholm for exchange two years ago and we were able to travel um, and I was able to visit her um, and see her apartment in Denmark was so beautiful. Um, as soon as you walk in, it's just like, cause Ariel's studied a master's in nutrition. She loves food. She's a huge foodie. So like everywhere in her apartment, there was like either posters of food. There was like a little broccoli. Oh, I, behind her, you see a bunch of like mushrooms or whatever. So her apartment was super well decorated. Um, I want to share a funny story when I first landed to Copenhagen, when I was on exchange, I thought it was so funny. I think Ariel was in class or something. And the night before I was with friends in Stockholm and we had gone out and I was like, okay, I'm only going to have one drink. Like I'm flying tomorrow. I don't want to be hungover. And obviously that didn't happen. So I remember flying and that was probably the worst flying experience of my life. I was so hungover and so tired. And um, I'm not proud of this moment, but I felt so nauseous the entire time. And like on the taxi ride, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to I'm going to puke. Like, this is not, (laughs) I'm unwell. And then finally, when I got to her really nice family neighborhood, I ran out and just (laughs) puked in the bushes there. And then a few moments later, as I like, (laughs) 
recuperated myself, I met one of her neighbors and good friends, Claire, with her baby. And (laughs) I was like, hi. (laughs) She didn't see me or anything, but... This is the perfect time to thank this week's sponsor, Nude Beverages. And if you're from Canada, specifically BC, you've definitely heard of Nude Beverages. They have really amazing um, vodka sodas, gin gin sodas, tequila sodas. They kind of have it all. And I personally really love their vodka sodas. The raspberry lemon one is chef's kiss. So if you're of legal drinking age of your country, I recommend checking them out at nudebeverages.com. Now back to the interview. It was it was great to see that. And Claire um, was one of your good friends. And it was it's so interesting. I was going to talk about that. You have friends from such different age groups, friends that are like young or Claire. How old is she? She's a mom. So how? Yeah. How do you I see like you've made friends so easily. How is that? How do you do that? I know it's getting out of your comfort zone. No, but like how yes, have you made I mean, friends? No, I was just pulling. I mean, when you were saying earlier how we were different as kids and you were very extrovert and social. Mm-hmm. And I think like, as I got older, it's not like we've switched roles, of course, mm-hmm. but like I've kind of pulled of your sort of extrovertedness in terms of yes, when you're moving to a new environment, you know, whether abroad or even to a new province or state, you're forced to kind of get out of your shell and, and mm-hmm. be forward and talk to people, talk to strangers, or else, you know, you won't meet anybody because people, you know, from, depends on the culture, but most of the time people don't come to you. You have to come to them. So I just kind of, I think it's part of getting older, but traveling, I just said to myself, I have nothing to lose to start talking to people, you know, on the street. I mean, I, I met Claire in, in our courtyard and like I, I heard her talking on the phone and I'm like, hey, are you North American? Because you don't have like a, a Danish accent. So then she said, oh, no, I'm Katie and came from the same place. So it was just kind of, you just have to not be shy and talk to people. And I think now as I'm getting older, I, I call myself like a introvert extrovert where I do, I still love my time alone, but I feel like I, I thrive on being social, but with, you know, a small group of people that I trust and, and that I get along with. And in terms of the different age groups, I think that comes with just, if you're open, you can kind of like, um, not like shift or change your perspective on the way you, you act with people. So, I mean, in, in the past, even now, most of my friends have been older than me, but now moving here in Ireland, um, actually we can talk about it later, but a lot of my friends are younger than me and it's kind mm. of not kept me young, but kind of maybe be more up to date to what's going on with even people that are five years younger than me. So I can just, it's nice to see how I can get along with all walks of life. If that mm. makes sense. No, it, yeah, it does. Yeah, and I want to talk about Ireland. Yeah, so you finished your your master's in in Denmark for two years. You presented your thesis. We're all very proud of you. Oh, yeah, and and then you decided to go to Ireland. What was the idea out there? And you're in med school, which is crazy. So talk about the process there and the shift of cultures. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I was finishing up my um, thesis in Denmark. So it was like two in a bit years and I was not ready to go back to Canada like I mean yeah Canada beautiful country but like I I for me it's always been I think ever since we went on the family trip in 2010 to Europe I said to myself I think it was just like a thought like I want to live a good portion of my 20s or my younger life in Europe because I just love it so much and I thought two years is just not enough and with like the dance I was dancing Copenhagen but like the scene wasn't as big and I was like you know I kind of lost out of the touch I would have to travel so I was like no I decided that, no, I want to go on to med school for this not because that's what I want to do. So I was looking, I was like, how could I actually do med school or stay in Europe? Because I, I, I actually genuinely want to stay here. Um, and I saw that Ireland um, has a very similar um, education system. And in terms of interchangeability with the two um, countries, 
it's possible. It's more work, but it is possible. And so, yeah, I started applying to Ireland and I got a spot. I was like, okay, might as well give it a try. New country. I mean, I understand the language. Uh, well, I mean, there's the accents and everything, but it, it is English essentially. And um, yeah, I've been here for a year and a half now and um, loving it. Way different from Denmark, way, way different, but um, very good in terms of myself. Yeah, you've picked yourself up and started your life over and over again. And how is that with like making meaningful friends and connections? Because like in, in Denmark, you knew I'm only going to be here maybe for two years. And then now in Ireland, the program is five or six years. So how are you like with a mindset making friends? Are you ever like, oh, this is only for a short amount of time or that's not really something that crosses your mind? Well, to be honest, it has never crossed my mind for me. Like, I mean, I like to, that sounds cliche, but think in the present, but like, I, I just want to spend as much quality time with these new friendships and people that I make, uh, that I meet and, and the friendships that I make. But um it is, that is, I guess, the downside about picking up your life and starting over a few times every couple of years is that you do end up making meaningful, meaningful friendships. Um, either you moving or they are moving to wherever they're, they're going back to. And um, yes, you do keep in contact. I mean, thank goodness for social media and everything, but it's just not the same because you're not seeing them on a daily basis in person anymore. Um, so that has been, I guess, a challenge is because, yeah, it's just, you're making these friendships, but how do you keep the same connection or like essence because you know you lose touch here and there with texts and and messages so that's that's the thing that I'm like still learning right now and like processing um but then I realized that I mean we've heard from my mother and other people saying like the friends that you make older as you get older are the ones that you tend to actually keep in contact for the rest of your life because Mm -hmm. a you're older but b you know you've changed as a person your interests are different so the people you meet now align with more with who you are then um so yeah I'm making an effort just to keep in touch with these people that I met in in Denmark even in my undergrad I'm still friends with a few high school friends that were you know really close and here in Ireland. Yeah, that's great. So you're in med school and a lot of people that if you're not in sciences, you're like, holy crap, that's such a long journey. Like you have like whatever, five or six years of schools, you got to do residencies and all that jazz. So how is med school right now? And does it scare you that it's so much schooling or is it something that you're just so passionate about that you don't really care? Med school right now, especially in COVID, like I just finished a super long day of lectures, quizzes, workshops, and uh, I'm dead. Um, it's hard, um, especially right now. I would say that it's hard because of it all being online. You know, you're lacking the so- whole social interaction aspect. And it's actually quite a bit more prep work because a lot of these online sessions are reviews. So they expect you to have gone through the material beforehand. So especially like right now, I just feel like it's all a blur. Um, there's no balance. Like that's, you can work whenever you want and whatever day you want. So I just feel like there's no weekend, there's no holiday. It's all one, one long, long day. Um, in terms of being a student, um, for, well, now this is my eighth year university, eight years now. And I still have, you know, I, I will probably be done in terms of like residency and like what I want to specialize into for another nine years or so. Um, I don't think about it. I know it's a long time, but I think, you know, I've been a student for this long that, and obviously I enjoy it. I, I, I don't think about it as uh, too long. I mean, um, yeah, I'm just going day by day, year by year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about, I guess, career wise, like, what do you see yourself? I know it's quite early in med school, but what would you like to see yourself doing maybe down the line? Down the line? Yeah, that's the million dollar question. I mean, it, uh, a lot of my friends and colleagues that are 
in upper years of medical school in Canada and Ireland, everything, you say you go with an idea of what you want to do, speculation, but then once you actually experience these different rotations, your idea changes, you know? Um, so, I mean, at the moment, uh, because I've done so much and I still do uh, research in food allergy and because of my personal, you know, experience with them, I would like to go down that route. So you maybe do a residency in internal medicine or pediatrics because I do enjoy working with children. So, but that might change once I actually do these rotations, but that is, you know, an idea. Um, I'd also actually like to see how I, I do in the ER environment because I, I feel like um, it would maybe suit me because I, I attend, I am a calmer person. So if it's a chaotic environment, maybe I can help, you know, kind of delegate these tasks and what to do. So yeah, looking forward to see where, what that rotation is like. Yeah. And I guess with, with doctors and everyone going through med school, um, it's a long process. It's kind of hard to, to meet people and to build more like personal relationships or like dating or whatnot. So do you find that's not just for you personally, but like other people in your program, do you find like, that's a, that's a struggle. That's hard to to meet people, to get into like dating scene, just because that you're so busy with, with school and all your extra like activities. Yeah. I mean, they, they often say that like people in medicine, that's like medcess or something like that, that everyone gets together <laughs> with anyone at some point in time. Um, I haven't had that personally, but it's because you're with these people all mm-hmm. the time and that's what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I guess it can be hard because you're so mm-hmm. busy focusing on your studies and that should be your priority. Um, but you should also have, try and have a balance of doing some extracurriculars, you know, getting involved in community just to have a more well-rounded life, um, mm-hmm. or balance in a sense. I mean, right now it's right now, this year is exceptional. So you can't really count that, but, um, I don't know. I think, yeah, if you happen to meet people or someone you want to date with, I think it just comes out of nowhere and you see where that takes you. But I don't, yeah, for me, it's not like, uh, that, that's You're not my goal. search. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not search. I mean, if it happens, it happens, happens, but like yes. a lot of people say that they do meet actually their, their partners um, yes. during school or residency because you're with these people all the time. So yeah, I mean, we'll yeah. see. There's cultural differences and everything, but um, yeah. Yeah. And I want to talk more a little bit on, I guess, loneliness because you've lived alone and McGill, you lived by yourself and then in Denmark and then now in Ireland, you've always been on your own and you have a really strong sense of independence. Mm-hmm living by yourself because I've always lived with a lot of, a lot of people in university. So how has that been living alone? And do you get lonely? Do you miss home? And how do you navigate that? Especially with COVID because there's so many restrictions I know in Ireland and you can't see too many people. So how have you navigated that? Yeah. I mean, living alone. Yeah. I mean, it's like the only thing that I know because I've, since I left home, I have lived alone. Um, yes, of course it has its pros and cons. I mean, you get to not do whatever you want with it, but do yeah, essentially, yeah, you don't have to tiptoe around waking up early or if there's music. Um, so you get that freedom there. Um, but then you get comfortable and you set in your own ways or, you know, habits. So you kind of think, okay, one day when you do live with people or, or a partner or whatever, you have to know how to compensate or accept that people might not like the way you do certain things. So that's an adjustment that, I mean, I'm looking forward to, to actually experiencing um, whenever the time comes, but um, loneliness. Yeah. I mean, I felt it a lot more this year, obviously for obvious reasons. Um, 
especially in the beginning, uh, like there were some days where I wouldn't even use like my, my speaking voice, you know, mm-hmm. I, I would only use it for a call me with you or, or, or a mom at the, in the evening. And like, like, sometimes I would like forget how to speak. It was, it was <laughs> no, seriously. Like when I first uh-huh. met up with, like a friend in real, like in the, the flesh and bones, I was like, how do I use my words here? Yeah. Um, it was, it was very, it was very weird. Um, and I, yeah, so I found I, right now I'm finding it hard because now we're back into, uh, lockdown 2.0, uh, and really can't really see anybody at all. Yeah. It's, it, it's been hard to try and keep positive sometimes, but I, I know that I have such a amazing network of people around the world, you know, that I can just reach out, send a text, send a message, send a funny picture, you know? So I think that's what I have to remind myself every day is that everyone right now is, is in the same boat and that I'm lucky to have a roof under my head living in a beautiful area. I, despite the weather right now, there's like a, a storm and wind and every, it's crazy right now, but you know, nonetheless, it's a beautiful area. I just have to like think positive and be grateful for what I have. So I know we'll get, you know, we'll get out of it soon, hopefully sooner or later. And um, yeah, I think the reason why I've been able to go through this period alone is because of my experience living alone all these years beforehand you know if this would have been this year I think it would have been a whole different story but I I have you know I guess come to realize again that I am this introvert extrovert that I can live alone but I I I crave I need that social interaction like every day because that just it just changes my moods like sometimes if I have a migraine and I talk to somebody my mood is lifted you know I I just I I need to see people and I feel like also medicine too like that's why also I want to embark on this career is because I, I like talking to people. I like connecting with them and for research, you know, you're in the lab all the time. So that's why I, I, I need to, yeah, be with people. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really inspiring. And I've like watching you grow and go from McGill to Denmark to Ireland. It's been, it's been so inspiring, but also seeing you grow as a person. Um, like when I last saw you was over, oh, it's going to be almost a year. Like, I don't know what I'm going to see you next. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. And it was crazy to see how much that you've lost in like you're 25 now. And I feel like (laughs) this is such a millennial thing to say, but you are thriving, girl. You are living your best life. And it's so beautiful to see. And I've always been so happy. And I think people might wonder with sisters, have I been jealous or like that dynamic with an older sister? Like you're not, you're only maybe 22 months older. We're not even two years apart. Um, And to answer that question, actually, no, even though we've kind of, I guess with dance, I've always looked up to you. And then with schooling, we've gone through different paths, but it's been, it's been a beautiful journey just to watch you, to see you like become this beautiful butterfly. Um, And, and, and it's, it's really courageous to just pick up your life over and over again. Um, That's scary. Like I know I went through a couple, I didn't do the exact same thing, but like with exchange or with dance intensives, I had to meet new people, but it was a lot on, it was on a shorter term span. It wasn't as long, but um, I just want to ask a few like fun questions. Like what are, let's say we can start. So we're from Vancouver. So that's a little bit of perspective. And what's been like top three favorite things about Montreal, top three favorite things about Denmark and then top favorite things about Ireland. That could be anything that could be like food, culture, whatever. Yeah. Wait, well, first of all, before I answer those questions, I also look up to you because yes, you are my, my young sister, but like in terms of 
because you know you have more experience have gone through different life things than me you know you're in a long-term relationship and that's something that I mean I ask you I always ask you about advice on these things and you're always mm-hmm. very you know blunt and honest and real about it so <laughs> no no it's true and that's what it's that's what I need um so and you're also you're you're, you're like a hustler too you know we have a nerd gene so I mean yeah I also look up to you and it's not oh it's not not a jealousy thing at all it's a very like mm-hmm. proud, like we're doing people but we're doing you know Yes. We're essentially doing the same things. Um, sorry. Now back to the three things. Okay. Montreal. Top three. I mean, first family. Um, I got way closer with mm-hmm. our, our, our mom's side, our French Canadian family, because we would see them and we would travel for Christmas and summer here and that. But like the fact that I got to, you know, spend so much time with them and I oh, know that was just amazing. Like I miss them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, number two about Montreal, just the city. I mean, the culture, the the hustle and the bustle there is just there's so much and going on, like, especially McGill, like you're in the dead center of, of the, the city and you can just take, take le metro and like go see a show at La Place des Arts. It's just, it is like the, you know, the mini Europe of, of Canada. Uh, there's so much art and history there. Third thing, I mean, my opportunity for my, like for the my professional dance um, company experience. I mean, I, I wouldn't have gone that in Vancouver or Toronto, um, it's um no yeah that would be mm-hmm. it and then moving on to Denmark the bike culture I mean oh yeah to just even I have I have my two bikes here in Ireland but um the bike culture is just the infrastructure is impeccable like you can bike in the middle of nowhere up north and there's a bike lane and you're safe yeah when you're crossing the road like when I first went you're not looking for cars to hit you you're looking for bicyclists to just run you over like you need yeah, to be no, careful seriously. And there's a whole, like, there's rush hour for bicycle line. Like, first time <laughs> there, I was scared. I was like, why are these people, like, flying by? But then you get used to it, and you're kind of like, oh, I'm part of it now. So, no, that, that I miss that uh, incredibly. Number two, I mean, the friends that I made there, I, I miss. Like, they're just, yeah, they're so much fun. And, I mean, we still keep in touch, but it's just not the same being there. You're, cross, then, you're CrossFit, remember? When you used yeah, to do CrossFit Yeah, it was stuff? fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And the, oh, my God. It was really fun. I tried doing CrossFit, so Ariel did it a lot, and she was, like, a pro and all her friends, and she was like, oh, come on, like, just do a CrossFit class. I, like, I work out, but I've never done CrossFit. It's, like, a whole different ball game, and everyone's, like, lifting all these weights and throwing them up on top of their heads. They're all girls, and they're so strong, and I was just like, oh, my God, and I just, yeah, I, it was CrossFit maybe in the future. I, maybe it'll be for me, but I respect all of you and your friends that were just absolutely crushing it, lifting, lifting those heavy weights. It's so such a team sport. I mean, I don't do it anymore here, but it was just um, oh, amazing. That's how just, again, a social thing. Um, the third thing would be oh, the pastries, like the cardamom buns. <laughs> oh my God. Juno Bakery. <laughs> like have to go there. Um, and they're like licorice, like just a lot of foodie things that oh. I miss. Like anything cardamom licorice, I'm there uh ireland so i mean this i mean i'm, I'm still here so it, it's hard to say the, the like the nature i mean mm-hmm. it's nice to be back in an area that nature is so close to me have to have mountains to have the water again because you know we're from vancouver so we're born and bred on the coast here so i we need that and it was just so nice to tap back into nature get back into hiking um try rock climbing you know i've been doing some outdoor rock yes. climbing it's colder inside that's really cool um Number two, let's see. It's just, yeah, like the people, like the Irish, the, like the, the crack, which is fun. It's just 
they're just so outgoing and their sense of humor. I mean, you'd have small talk with anybody in the street and they will just come and chat, you know, to you. And I just love their expressions and their humor. I know it, it's, that's the thing that I'm still enjoying and still learning about actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, the beer, the, I <laughs> Savannah knows I'm not a big beer drinker. I, I mean, I shouldn't say that, but like I tried some Guinness, actually not bad. Actually, I was expecting much worse. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't have been a whole, a whole pint. I know it's, it's uh, yeah, people would be so mad saying that, but I wouldn't have a whole pint, but I would have some. So it's good. What else is good about Ireland? I mean, it, I'm still learning about it. They have really good fish and chips. Have you seen Ed Sheeran yet? No. Ed Sheeran hmm. lives in, in the UK. He oh, actually, never mind. Yeah. He, he started his, like, um, bustling career in where I am right now. So that's kind of mm-hmm. cool to see the main street. Yeah. That would just the the the, <laughs> the fish and chips. I love that as a foodie that or a foodie and like masters in nutrition. You're like food, yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, food, yeah. I, okay, I'm kind of stumped on that, but no, yeah. th- these are all great answers. And I like I didn't know which what were your favorite um, stuff about each country. So this was great to hear. This is like off top of my head. You know, I might think back mm-hmm. later. Like, oh crap, I forgot to say this. But yeah, don't even worry. But yeah, I just want to thank you so much for your time. It was so great obviously you're my sister but learning more about your experience and i know that you were hesitant to come on because you're like no one wants to listen to me but i know a lot of people they're like people that know me and like don't know you as well they're like what's your sister doing like where is she at and they're like are she still in denmark i'm like no she's in med school in ireland they're like what what since when well yeah i mean if people want to know where i am ask me that's yeah. all no I know I know but like people just can't keep track because you're always doing very cool things and like your Instagram is very like outdoorsy I don't know where it is any of the time but I want to thank you again for your time and if anyone has questions about traveling your masters or med school or whatever they can they can ask you a message they can shoot me a message and I can pass it on to you but I want to thank you for opening up and sharing about your journey this was really fun thanks so no, much thank you so much for having me and like guys just yeah travel when you know covid's over and just go open with open eyes and ears and yeah have a blast and that was my sister Ariel Locke thank you so much for listening if you like the episode follow me on instagram at well now what podcast um, subscribe leave a review if you can and because that really helps other people find the podcast so thanks again for listening and i'll see you next week